business and bourbon. You were rump shaking in them diapers. <laughs> right. I can sing, man. I'm a singer, bro. Go ahead, sing for him right now. Why are you trying to expose me right now, bro? <laughs> Something that I know that you're passionate about, too. Mental health, mm. right? My father was a product of a rape. Damn. Yeah. It's just crazy that a person who's had success can still be held back from things that happened in their childhood. This is real talk. Like, we're not going to sugarcoat things. All those years of this hyper-masculine environment where the last thing you want to do is talk about your emotions. Be tough. Right. Suck it up. <laughs> nah. The, no, the smart ones are guys. Process it so that you can perform at a high level. For two weeks, I couldn't keep my emotions straight. I'm crying like a baby. Sports teams now have some type of psychologist <laughs> that have some type of mental performance coach. Get you a therapy. I talk about mine a lot. <laughs> I've had to unpack and unlearn so many things from the football field. It don't matter how many stimulus checks you get. If you are mentally, spiritually broke, life is going to make you face yourself. You can't succeed your way out of trauma and negative patterns. Welcome back to Business and Bourbon, where we have real talk with real people. I'm Ronnell Richards, the creator and host of Business and Bourbon. And I want to welcome you to episode two of our interview and conversation with Rennie Curran. And when Rennie and I sat down in the bar, we had such a great conversation. This really vibe talking about his journey, talking about his ambition, talking about our shared experiences, experiences that you guys can no doubt identify with. So it went a little bit long, which I think is awesome. So we decided to cut it into two episodes for you, two episodes to enjoy. So with no further ado, it's time for episode two. So grab your glass, grab your cup, grab your mug, whatever it is, pour that beverage in there. Some coffee, some bourbon, wine, whatever it is you like to drink. Sit down with us here at the bar and enjoy a little business and bourbon. Yeah. So, hey, I want to shift gears real quick. Okay. Because um, <laughs> this is business and bourbon, man. I like to have fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I asked you some questions. Let's see. What's your favorite drink? We're going to work on this. We're going to work oh, on your favorite Why are you trying to expose me right now, bro? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, because I was an athlete, I wasn't obviously wasn't a drinker, yes. man. Yes. Yeah, so I kept it simple. I'm embarrassed to admit, like, I went through college, like, my first drink was a vodka cranberry. Yeah, and that's you when stuck I started with it. Yeah, I just stuck a vodka cranberry, and if I was feeling real risky, then I'll get a, a Long Island. Okay. You know, just, yeah, so first just, thing we're yeah. going to say, uh-huh. and this is the one thing I want you to learn from me on this Please, podcast, is that... The Long Island, gone. Don't ever drink. Oh, no, nah. Ever, that was ever again. Young and dumb days. Yeah, man. because yeah. <laughs> that is just a garbage drink. It is right. their way of so say you just getting rid me, of man. all of their well garbage. Oh, let's Thanks. put out a bunch of crap in the glass. And here you go, college student. Wow. Yeah. I appreciate <laughs> that. Cran, okay. I, could, I can get with you on that because yeah. that is one of the healthiest okay. of, so of cocktails. Right. Assuming that it's real cranberry and not like cranberry cocktail, which is just it's probably grabs. that yeah, yeah, it's probably a red drink or See, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got yeah, you got it. It's got to be real cranberry, man, because yeah. that's good for your kidneys. What it's going to do is it's going to counteract the effects of the vodka because nice. it's good for your kidneys and your blood, your brain health, and all that yeah, good I stuff. See. All Antioxidants right. and all that. I got you. <laughs> what else did I ask you? Oh yeah, because you know I'm a music guy. Mm. I can rock with you. So I asked you your favorite hip-hop artist or musician, and you said 
it's a tie. It's a tie between Kendrick Lamar, Drake, and J. Cole. And then got to show love to Pharrell, man. Oh, yes. Pharrell's a legend. So I am there with you. Yeah. With all of it but one. And y'all know Toronto. Y'all know I love y'all. Uh, uh, we were in biz- We were in Toronto <laughs> last year, last September for Business and Bourbon, and it was dope. Y'all showed me so much love. Love Toronto. Love Canada. If it wasn't so damn cold, I might oh, consider man. moving there. Yeah. But Toronto's dope. But Drake, come on, man. All o- the singing. Only, ah, man. Come on, man. Only because, what was the album when he first came out with? Thank Me Later? Yeah. That was monumental, man. Yeah. That came so out when I was in college. Like, I just want to be is. successful, bro. It's an emotional connection. Oh, my gosh. But all this singing stuff. Tell me you get with all this singing I'm stuff. I'm a singer. I can sing, man. Ah. I'm a singer, bro. Go ahead. Sing for him right now. I got <laughs> <laughs> They ain't ready for that, man. You know. You know. You're a studio <laughs> singer. No, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> no, you look like you can sing. I can't. So, yeah, yeah I, you can challenge me. I'll, I'll take your word. There, there is no singing here. But your other choices? Kendrick. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Literally, I'm a massive hip-hop head, and I'm from that generation, so I'm just a student of yeah of hip-hop music, and that guy is on my Mount Rushmore. Mm. And he's, he's been a, putting yeah. it down for just 10 years, roughly. Right. Right. He is on the Mount Rushmore. That is how talented that guy is. Super talented. I J. Mean, Cole is like his... Um, North Carolina cousin, <laughs> right? Yeah. But I would like to see some more consistent production from him. Like sometimes the production, uh, True. but it can be iffy. But um, I like what he's doing from a business perspective, mm-hmm. and he's super Branding talented. Himself, yeah. And outside of that, man, I mean, I, I'm all I'm a musician, you know. Like I said, so I I just love good music, man. Yeah. I love alternative. Dave Matt from Dave Matthews Band. Katrinata, that kind of house feel. Katrinata. Yeah, yeah I can get with that. To uh, Anderson Pack. Yeah. Um, My wife hates Anderson Pack. <laughs> hates him. Yes, love. I love him. Yeah, he's dope. But I understand why people hate his voice. And I know we're losing half the audience. They're like, who the hell are these people? Look them up. For real. Put them in your Spotify. Put them in your, in, your, um, in your Apple, iTunes, whatever. Yeah. That dude, so talented. Mm-hmm. I think for me, and I, it's, you're a musician. I'm not a musician. I'm just a, an appreciator of music. Yeah. I have so much respect for talented artists like that. Yeah. Like real that guy. That yeah. guy. He's like, I mean, he's like the Rennie Curran of California, right? He <laughs> plays like multiple instruments. He sings. He can rap. He yeah. does it all. Throw Anderson Pie. He's dope. I mean, I've never seen a dude like just that talented on the drums, but then can keep a full like and sing a full song while right. playing the drums, like complicated drum sets like it's it's crazy you can't do that ah man i've never tried to do that or like just straight sing while i'm playing the drum but he's like playing like triplets and like all types i'm just like and just singing like it's nothing like it's normal i'm just like man this dude from another planet so y'all if you have not listened to this guy y'all need to listen to him he's one of my favorite artists right now and one of Rennie's favorite artists and then Pharrell like yo come on Pharrell Neptunes um, Neptunes NERD NERD yes you've been putting it down for like 30 years which is crazy to say right that That dude's a vampire he like still looks the same (laughs) he does yeah like I did not know that he produced that song Rum Shaker all I want to do is zoom zoom I was like what cause that's Teddy Riley and that whole same Virginia Beach area. Um, I was watching VH1 and they talked about that, like how he got credits on that, like some crazy 17, 19 years old, something like that. 
I'm just like, man, this dude on a whole nother okay, level. Okay, so that was like 90 or 89, probably 90, yeah. 91. Yeah. So long le- legit, time, we're saying it's like almost 30 years. Yeah, wow. Bro. I'm 31. So. Wow. Yeah. You were rump shaking in them diapers. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly, man. All right, man. So, yeah, I can rock with most of your music choices. Nice. You know, one of the things I wanted to talk about with you briefly is something that I'm passionate about, and I know that you're passionate about, too, which is, like, mental health, mm. right? I was hoping you say that. Especially with the black and brown community. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's real. It, it's real. It's really ignored. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so let's chat about that. What are kind of your thoughts? And first of all, how close is this to you? Like, I know for me, and I've mm. shared this many times on Business of Burma, how important it is to me and how close mental health issues and all the things that are to me and part of my mission. Yeah. What does that mean to you? It's everything, man. It's so close. It's too close. My father was a product of a rape. Damn. Yeah. And not only that was, you know, abused as a child, did not meet his real father until he was my age now, 31. His mother abused him, you know, as well, just by the things that she would say, comparing him, different things like that. So, you know, when I mentioned like he lost his business, that triggered so many things to where he has not really bounced back, like, and been able to become the full version of himself. And I just recently got him into counseling, but it's just crazy, like, that a person who's had success can still be held back from things that happened from their childhood. Oh yeah. And even myself, man, like, I've had to unpack and unlearn so many things from the football field. I've had to develop like a sense of self-love and this is recent. It's crazy because, and Will Smith, I remember him talking about this, how we develop personas and we develop like different coping mechanisms that work and that help us in certain moments of our life. And those personas, those coping mechanisms end up hurting us in other areas of our life. Oh yeah. The perfect example for me is like, because I was undersized, because I heard I was too short, I had to develop this mindset where it's like, I'm going to be a freaking human torpedo, heat-seeking missile. I'm not going to feel. That was the last thing I was ever going to do was have emotions. So as I got out of the you know game of football, man, I had to learn how to have emotions again. And it was affecting my relationship. Like I was having relationship after relationship that would just end. And I'm acting out of character. I'm doing things that not, aren't even me. And I'm hurting people that are trying to love me. Yeah. And I'm not even able to feel like, I'm not even able to have empathy. And I'm a good person, I'm not a bad person, but it's just that all those years of just being in this environment, this hyper-masculine environment where the last thing you wanna do is talk about your emotions. It's like war. It's war, yeah, it is. It affected me whether I wanna accept it or not. And I had to do the work. I had to go and get counseling. I had to sit down by myself and break down my thoughts and emotions and unpack those triggers and like, really really do the work man and you know it sucks that it came at the expense of of hurting you know the women in my life and and other people in my life but I can today say that I'm a much better man because I focus on my mental health and because I did that work and I was vulnerable and honest with myself man hey guys run out here just wanted to take a brief moment to thank you for supporting the business and bourbon podcast and supporting business and bourbon If you're a regular listener or you've attended one of the events, then you understand the importance of wisdom and that it's something that's earned and not learned. And also how that can give you an edge in your business and on the sales floor. 
If you're interested in one-on-one coaching with me or having me deliver a sales workshop to your sales team, you can reach out to me and my team at ronell at ronellrichards.com. Neither myself or a member of my team will be in touch with you. Thanks again for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. And I want to say this too. I think we, one of the biggest things, you know, people talk about changing the stigma. I think we really, really, that is so true. Like we have to get out of that mindset of thinking that therapy or counseling is for when you're in crisis mode or whatever. We have to flip that to just like I'm an athlete. I had my coach, but I also had trainers that I met with during the off season that helped me develop special skill sets that helped me to become the best version of myself. I believe therapy is no different. Counseling is no different. This is something not for a crisis, but it's to help you become the best version of yourself, the most efficient version of yourself. So I think once we start having that conversation and looking at it from that perspective, it's going to change, you know, just how we look at mental health as a whole. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you name any Fortune 500 CEO out there and they all have them. It's about performance. Yeah, about performance, um, man. And being able to perform at your highest level. The older that you get, too, there's mm-hmm. just so much stuff in your brain. Right. Like, I got to tell you, like, so oh, now man. I focus a lot on brain performance. Yeah. So whether it's taking my oils and, and mm. all the other stuff that I take to make sure that I'm present yeah. so that I can... When I sit across the table mm-hmm. from you, I'm connecting and I'm listening and I'm hearing. Yeah. Or just to be able to, um, you know, coach and train and speak all these things that we do yeah. and that everyone does on a daily basis. You know, I, I find that one of the things I learned, and I know you've made this transition too, is like, you know, we focus a lot on our physical mm-hmm. fitness and we're in the gym. You take the thought right but, out of my head. Yeah, but we, we're neglecting yeah. the thing that makes our money. Yep. And the sports world is just now figuring that out. Mm. If you look at a lot of sports teams now, more than ever, they have some type of psychologist. They have some type of mental performance coach, mental toughness coach. Like, they call them different types of things. It might go under grit, whatever it is. I'm surprised it took so long. Yeah, and this is the thing. There were guys doing it. The high performers, the Tom Brady's, the uh, LeBron's, they were already doing it. They just weren't saying they were doing it. You know what? Now that I think about it, I'm not (laughs) surprised. Here's why. I thought I was surprised, but I'm not surprised because sports – has always had this macho culture yeah. where it's like, oh, just be tough. Right. Suck <laughs> it up. Nah. The, no, the smart ones, the process guys. Process it. Yeah. Process it so that you can perform at a high level. Yep. That's really what you need to do at the end of the day. Because even the sucking it up, mm-hmm. oh, it's, that's short term. Because oh, yeah. as we just talked about, all you're doing is suppressing it. Yeah. Which <laughs> is the worst. Yeah. Because it's going to come out some way or another eventually. And when it comes out, <laughs> when it eventually does come out, it's not going to be pretty. You look at the sports world, military is another one. They focus on mental health. Like, I'll give you a perfect one that I learned from a guy because I I do some of that as well too. Mental toughness training or, or, you know, mental performance. But breathing, like they have a technique called four by four breathing where you inhale for four, you exhale for four, uh, four counts. And what that does is it it taps into your Basically, uh, you know, you have your fight or flight part of your brain. Mm-hmm. I mean, I drank this thing, so I forgot the actual word. But <laughs> um, your fight or flight part of your brain. And then, <laughs> you know, your, your para, parasympathetic. Yeah. And your, you know, it, it taps into your parasympathetic part of your brain. Basically, mm-hmm. that slows down your nervous system, gets you out of that fight or flight. Like, if you're in those high anxiety, like, that's what I used to speaking. You know, because when I'm getting in front of that stage, my heart starting. Oh, pe- yeah. People who fear speaking that's pretty much why because your body is automatically tapping into that fight or flight 
And that's just from, you know, years and years of evolution. Like your brain can't tell if you're in front of a T-Rex or if you're yep. in front of a crowd. So it eventually engages that fight or flight. Your heart starts beating fast. Palms start getting sweaty, start getting anxious and fearful. But if you tap into that four by four breathing, it engages, like I said, that parasympathetic nervous system, slows down your heart rate, engages just those hormones that slow things down, tells yep. your brain to relax, turns it from threat to opportunity, and then you're able to thrive. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. that, that's part of my process as well. So I, not that specific method, but I meditate mm -hmm. yeah. before every that's it. speaking engagement event because there's always nervousness. Oh, I, yeah. I literally started public speaking when I was like seven years old. Mm. And um, wow. I get just as nervous today as I did when I was seven. But once you're in it, yeah, it's just what I do. But now what I have learned to do, because our brains are so much, when I was seven, I didn't have much of my brain. It's like, mm, okay, there's right. my speech. <laughs> okay, let me get out and read it. Yeah. Now I get up there and I got the speech. I go, ah, what's my kid doing? Oh, you mm. know, where's wifey at? Oh, you know, and oh, man, I got to send this email to such and such. All these different things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so the meditation is really, yeah. and not even a long meditation, a five-minute meditation. Yeah just to make sure that I'm present. present right because you know once I can get somewhat really I don't get relaxed it just makes me more present mm -hmm. and then I trust my talent I trust what I do you trust your preparation exactly and in the football yeah. reference it's the same thing Second when you nature. prepared like mm -hmm. there's really nothing to be afraid of yeah um, so you know but still like you said there's that natural thing the fight or flight thing and yeah the Para whatever, para pup, sympathetic and parasympathetic, whatever, psychology and all that stuff. I'll yeah. leave that to you. It's real. It is real. You got to study that stuff. I mean, under, once you start to understand how your mind and body works, so many things start to make sense. Mm -hmm. And then it's another thing that just gives you an advantage. Because yep. you start to feel those thoughts come in and that anxiety and whatever it is. And you're like, oh, I know exactly what you're doing. And you have those mechanisms in place to basically shut it off. To combat it. Yeah, to combat it, man. So. All right, bro. Well, I know I've kept you on for a minute, but as we start to bring this thing to a close, I, I got one kind of last question for you. And it's yeah. just, you're obviously a very introspective guy and you do a lot of self-analysis. Mm. If we were to go back, hop in a time machine, go back 10 years, what would be that sage piece of advice that you'd give yourself 10 mm. years ago? And really, this is something that I ask my guests because we got young people listening to this. Like, yeah. my kids are Gen Z. Hmm. They don't listen to my podcast, but <laughs> other people, because I'm not cool enough to them because, you know, mm. I'm their dad. That's how it is. For the record, yeah. you will never be cool to your kid. It's the way it is. Oh, man. Right. <laughs> Seriously. I'm the coolest dad, like, for real. Like, no joke. I'm not just saying, like, I'm the cool dad. I always right. have been. I not cool in the well. sense of, like, oh, you know, I'm trying to be a kid. No. I'm yeah. just the dude that all the kids, they think's pretty cool. Anyway, to my kids, never. <laughs> never, right. man. It doesn't matter. Like, this Brad Pitt and Will Smith's kids think they're not cool. They're like, nah, my dad's not cool. All right, he just said, he's so, dad. Yeah. So anyway, I always ask that question because I know there are younger people that are in the audience and, like, that are at that stage. They're yeah. at you at 20, 21, mm -hmm. and could use some of that sage wisdom mm -hmm. and guidance and the benefit of what you've learned over the last 10 years. So yeah. what would be that one piece you say, hey, look, young Rennie. <laughs> This is what you need to know, son. Man, so it definitely goes back to what I was saying before, just about unpacking, man. Understanding yourself, understanding your values, having a clear vision, all those things, but really, 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 really 
taking that time to sit down with yourself, evaluating your thoughts, your patterns, your behaviors, the quicker you can start to understand those things, man, you're going to save yourself so much heartache, so much pain, so many nights of just like anguish and, you know, the failures and whatnot. And this is what we do a lot of times. We experience trauma. We experience hurt in our lives as children. We develop those mechanisms, right? And it helps us, right? We succeed to a certain point. <laughs> yeah. And what I realized is you cannot succeed. You cannot accomplish your way out of those things, out of that trauma, out of that pain, out of, out of those things that affected you. So the more and more you can start to learn about yourself, and when you start to notice those patterns, attack it, the better off your life is going to be. And you, you're going to have true success. It's not just going to be in one area of your life. You know, because I use football as that escape. So it's one thing to acknowledge this. What's the first step mm. for them? Like, what right. was the first step for you? Was it finding a therapist? Was it finding a something? What What's that first step? That first step, man, is just acknowledgement. It's mm. just sitting down and saying, man, I got a problem. Like, <laughs> that's the first step. And then just, you may not have that parent. Like, I have African parents, so I really... <laughs> It was tough to really talk about my emotions and like mm -hmm. my perspective and different things. But finding whether it's a coach, a teacher, one of your best friends that you really, really trust, just to have that, start that conversation. Like, man, like, I don't know why, but this keeps happening to me. Like, I'm, you know, I'm feeling this way and I don't know why. Yeah. So just awareness, you know, acknowledging that you have some type of issue, not just putting your blinders on and just focusing on your grades and focusing on that sport. And because you're doing really well, that doesn't matter now. Yeah. You know, it's just kind of there because that's what so many of us do. And our parents' society gives us that pat on the back, right? When we're accomplishing, when we got the good GPA and all that, not knowing we're dealing with this thing behind the scenes and it's really, really affecting us. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Great advice, my friend. Yeah. Rennie, it was a pleasure, man. Likewise, We could sit there and do this for a couple of hours, but we're going to lose the audience. <laughs> get that, okay. All right. We got to get that seminar <laughs> going, though, man, at boot camp. All right. Hey, y'all heard it here first. Yeah. Y'all heard it here first. Don't be surprised because y'all that listen to me and that follow me know one thing. I'm all about that action. Yes, sir. I don't play. <laughs> all right, Rennie. Hey, we end every single podcast the exact same way. And this is your introduction to it. And it is with a strong we out. And so on three, you all ready right. for this? Yes, sir. All right. On three. We, we out. Thank you for listening to the Business and Bourbon Podcast. Please subscribe. And if you like us, give us a five-star rating. If you don't, uh, have another drink. Maybe you'll feel a little bit differently. If you'd like to check out our videos, you can go to businessandbourbon.tv. That's businessandbourbon.tv. In addition to that, we're currently touring the United States with our Business and Bourbon Live show. It's a fantastic show where we deal whiskey education and we do some Q&A and it's a great networking event as well. So, if you'd like to attend one of our Business and Bourbon live events, you can go to businessandbourbon.live. Again, that's businessandbourbon.live. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you the next time. Hey, listen, in today's business climate, you need every advantage you can get to get in front of your customers and prospects. That is why I use CoVideo. I use it on a daily basis to connect with my prospects, my customers, my clients, and my business partners. And I recommend you guys do the same. 
Covidio is offering a 14-day free trial to listeners of this program. All you need to do is go to Covideo, C-O-V-I-D-E-O dot ronellrichards.com to take advantage of that. That's it. Covideo dot ronellrichards.com. All right. Now back to the show. We got to run to it, man. We got to unpack it. Your, yeah. your words, unpack it. Like, yeah. um, I don't know about you, but I spent um, a month ago the most emotional two weeks of my life. Mm. Okay. After George Floyd, Dermot Arbery, yeah. I was forced to deal with my own trauma mm. and everything that I had just suppressed. Mm. For so long, all of the experiences, all of the abuse, yeah. all of the moments of emasculation mm-hmm. that I just suppressed. Right. And for two weeks, I couldn't really keep my emotions straight. Was, I'm crying like a baby. Like, mm. I don't even know why. But it was because I was being kind of forced to deal with that. Yeah. And That's which it. is scary Life as hell. Do that to you. That's me, guys. Let's listen. This is real talk. Like, we're not going to sugarcoat things and tell you how it is. I know that I think it's also super important. I'll tell you what I did, Renny. I don't know if you caught this. You Hmm. probably didn't. But people know me as a business guy. Right. I'm a businessman. That's my thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm very focused. I'm very on brand. Growth. Sales, growth, entrepreneurship. That's who I am. Yeah. I posted a video an emotional video. Yeah. It didn't intend to be emotional. I was being interviewed for a podcast in Australia hmm. and they were asking me about, this was a month and a half, two months ago, they're asking me about what's going on. And as I started to talk about it, I broke down crying in the middle of this day. Hmm. That's but, when you know. Yeah. And so it was super hard for me because I like you, we're tough guys. This is what we're taught to do as black exactly. men. This is what we're taught to be. We yeah. got to be strong. Yep. We got to be strong. We got to lead. We got to, you know, overcome, survive, do what it takes. I shared this moment of vulnerability, which was super difficult for me to do. But let me tell you why I did it. Because I'm a leader. Because we're leaders. And as a leader, I understand that if I don't show that. Right. Speaking of you. Yes. Yeah, speaking of you. The the guys that look up to me, the girls that look up to me, like, they needed that because Mm -hmm. they need to know it's okay for them. Yeah. If I show that and I say, you know what? Yeah, I'm hurt. Yeah. I'm hurt. I've been hurt. I'm working through it. Mm -hmm. It allows them, gives them permission in their minds to say, you know what? Ronald did I can do it too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Beyond that, also too, we have a very, I have a very diverse audience. I have very diverse clients, all that. Yeah. You know, we were talking before the show. I am Mr. Diversity. Mm. I dig diversity. Like that's my mantra, right? (laughs) And so it was important for me to share that with people that, had not had those experiences in life as well. So they understand that and they don't see me as different. Right. They don't see you as different. So as we're talking about things like whether it be racial injustice or yeah. mental health, mm-hmm. like I'm looking across the table at you and you're a strong dude. You, you just <laughs> have that strong presence. Mm-hmm. But I think that it's important for guys like you to take the leadership and share what you just shared with the audience so that people understand that yeah. This is something that we all deal with and all have to deal with and should deal with. Yeah. And it makes you stronger to deal with it. And it shows real courage to deal with it. So I applaud you for that. I appreciate it, man. It's been an amazing journey. And I'm at such a great place in my life because of that work that I did, man. And, and I'm so passionate, like you said, about inspiring 
those in the black community, those, I mean, people in general, man, to really, really focus on that, man. Because we talking, like I thought about this, you know, yesterday, we all talking about stimulus checks and the economics of the situation. But it don't matter how many stimulus checks you get, if you are mentally, spiritually, you know, physically broke. Oh, yeah. You can't succeed your way out of trauma and the negative patterns and the bad behaviors and, and all those things. You can't. Success isn't going to. It can only be a mask for so long. Yep. You know, eventually it's going to come crashing down. Eventually and life is going to make you face yourself. It's going to bring you down to your knees and you eventually going to have to face that. Or you're going to have to risk losing those you love and everything that you work for. Like, that's the choice you're going to have to make. Yep. So I'm so passionate about it, and I'm so glad that I did the work, man, and I can say that I'm not who I was, you know, a month ago. Yeah. Because I decided, man. <laughs> Neither am I. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so I hope those listening this just really, really take the initiative, man, to really, if you got to go get counseling, man, if you got to journal, if you have to meditate, whatever you have to do, man. Because like I said, if you don't fix that, if you don't learn it, if you don't unpack it, it's just going to be passed down to your child yeah. in some form or fashion. Yeah. And I began to see signs. Like, I, I began to see how my daughter would respond to me and how it was affecting our relationship. And that's when I was like, oh, no, nah, I can't do that. Because I know how it affected me and my father, the things that he went through in his life. The fact that his father wasn't there and, like, he only did so much work. Like, his work that he did was that he said, I'm just going to be there, right? I'm just going to be in my family's life. I'm going to be that rock. I'm going to provide. But he didn't understand engagement, like knowing how to spend quality time. So to be fair to your dad, you know because there's some, I'm listening to you and yeah. there's lots of things I can identify with. Right. To be fair to your dad, what he did do yeah, was he took a step forward. Yeah. 10 times more exactly. than what was done for him, right? Yep. Exactly. And so I, I totally think it's agree. also important that we respect that and understand that, but yep. also understand that it's, now our responsibility yeah, to go 10x to that because exactly. I have a similar in some respects mm -hmm. with, you know, my dad was fantastic dad. Mm. I am a very um, touchy-feely person, right? Like, yeah. I'm really about, he was not. Yeah, no affection, yeah. <laughs> he was not, none of that, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And, it, you know, that comes from his upbringing. Yeah. But you know what he did? He took care of business, right? Yep. And that was his way of yeah. being there. Like, he took care of business, make sure that, you know, we had what we need. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a lot of childhood luxuries, but I had everything I needed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> everything, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I got a few years on you, and, like, I had a computer mm. from the time I was five years old, which kids just didn't have computers. When, when I was in high school, everyone didn't have a computer, but mm. I did. Those are the awesome. sorts of things... That's what he did. But now it's coming upon me with my kids right. to do more, to take that to the next level in yep. terms of how I help them with their growth and leave some of my dad's baggage exactly. behind. Yeah. <laughs> because we all carry baggage from yep. our parents, yep. good stuff and bad stuff. Mm -hmm. Right? So, like, there's some things that your dad taught you by being there yeah, exactly. that... It's yeah. made you a better man today. And, you know, but there's the negative stuff that we got to accept it yeah. and realize that it is part of us. Yeah. Right? It's, it's part, part of, of what it. makes you great. That, and that's what, you know, goes back to what I was saying about those personas you develop and those experiences, you know, where you develop those coping mechanisms and whatnot. Like, they help you in that yeah. moment. Like, perfect example, my parents were always working. My dad, like I say, entrepreneur, wore every hat, worked 12 hours a day in the shoe repair shop that he owned and whatnot. So, 
as a result of that, couldn't come to any of my games really in you know my little league days and whatnot, and it would hurt. But eventually, the thing about it, I would look around and you know my teammates, most of their dads were the coaches, and so I see that interaction. I'm just like, man, had a great game, and I'm wishing for that, I'm longing for that, uh, somebody to just be there. But eventually, I developed that mindset and that coping mechanism where I told myself that number one, I don't need nobody to motivate me. I'm gonna motivate myself. Yeah. And the next thing I told myself that had ripple effects was people have more important things to do than to be with me, than to support me. And that played out in my life, man, so many times. Yeah. To the point where you do events, right? I tried to have events so many times, but in my head I'm thinking, oh, people have more important things to do. And so what I would do is I would create, I literally do this. And this was some of the unpacking I had to do. I would create an event and then I would just post it on social media, but I wouldn't personally invite anybody. Because in my head, I'm thinking if I personally invite them, they're not gonna show up. Yeah. And it wasn't until I unpacked that and like learned that trigger and, and really spoke truth into that child that I was able to change things. And now I'm hosting my own events because I realized like I have to reach out to people. Yeah. Like people do wanna show up for me. People do care about me. And, yeah. and you know, that was, one of the game changing moments in my life. So now I'm able to create moments, man, like special moments where I'm able to get my network in a room, a diverse group of people and empower people, whether it's athletes, whether it's business professionals, that's where sports and business network was stem from. And so it's just been another one of those things that I had to navigate, man, that ties to mental health. Man, love it, love it. Like these yeah. are the sort of conversations that we have to have. Oh yeah, um, man. And I wanna encourage you guys that are listening, have these conversations, man. Get you a therapist. I talk about mine a lot. <laughs> That's my real, dude, man. Dr. Rocky. Especially Shout out, right Dr. Now. Rocky. What's up? And get you someone that is a good fit for you. For me, somebody that has been through it. Like, mm -hmm. it was important to me that it was somebody that had tremendous life experience on top of the clinical training, right? So mm -hmm. that I could connect on a higher level. Yeah. Took time to find that. Yeah. So do it. Find your person. Get them. 